0: welcome to the mold matters podcast whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family this podcast is the place for you
1: hey everybody welcome to the mold matters podcast thanks for joining us um we're uh i'm gonna do a podcast today on on a topic that we haven't done before and uh there's a couple of different ways to to talk about this topic uh as our good friend in Australia kind of refers to this mike you you you're the first one that told me about this term rising
0: damp, damp. rising damp. damp yeah shout
1: out to uh tom in australia who who was with us on the last podcast in fact, yeah. we should have i was thinking about this we should have had him on here talking about the rising damp yeah we should they have 'cause it it does occur here in the u s but um on a larger scale in Australia and the UK, where I just came back from and saw, you know, some interesting rising damp situations. Rising damp, as well as water table issues, um, they kind of go hand in hand, so.
0: Yeah, but for whatever whatever reason, here in the States, we never adopted the term rising damp, Mm -hmm. that I'm aware
1: of. I've never heard it, honestly. But I, I think you pointed out something when we were chatting earlier, you know, we, we're pretty strict about where you can put a home and and what the water table issues are when, when you're building a home. And we have a lot of desert, a lot of dry areas where I think it's yeah. more easily, you know, it's easier to build homes on dry land. And and so maybe the combination of things, we just don't, we don't, we don't have a rising damp scenario like they do in the UK. So, maybe, all, but you know what else I was
0: thinking though, Jerry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, when we were building one of our homes, the plans called for it to go. I, I can't remember exactly, but it was like, go down eight feet, right. Mm -hmm. And pour your footings. Yeah. Well, when we got to the eight foot level, we hit water. So our builder on his own decided, you know, we can't go that deep. We're going to have constant problems. So we raised it up a foot or two and just, I think we avoided a lot of problems in the future just because we caught it. Um, during the building process, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so basically, in order to really talk about this topic, and and it and it does relate to mold because obviously water equals mold in most most cases. So this is a, a a definitely a water topic and comes into play in our homes in the form of mold. So, um, water table. Um, you know, we talk about this concept. Do you have a good way to kind of articulate what water table is?
0: Well, when you're setting up for like Thanksgiving dinner, like my mom liked to have the main servings, you know, and then she'd have a smaller round one where we put the water. (laughs) We called it the water table. (laughs) I don't know if that helps or not.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's give a let's give a I got a technical definition here. Okay, A water table describes the boundary between water saturated ground and unsaturated ground. So there's pretty much water. In ground, you know, all the way up to the surface or fairly close to the surface, but there is a point at which it, it's fully saturated, and that kind of division between, you know, moistish water and full-on saturated water is the water table. And, and also,
0: I think what plays into it, Jer, is when you when you build a home, when they dig the hole, the hole is actually a lot bigger than the actual footings, right? Yeah. So then they pour the footings and then they pour the foundation and then they backfill yeah. that outside of the foundation. They, they right? the
1: foundation usually, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They tar and it. And then yeah. they backfill yeah. around the house. Or yeah. Foundation.
0: Well, I think that that backfill is just normally going to take on water like crazy if there's water in the area because just it's, even though they try to pack it back down in and, and uh get it to firm up again, it's still going to take on water
1: like crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, we talk about home settling over the first five, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you pack it as well as you can with, with those big tractors that, that landscape guys have, and it still isn't like dirt that's been sitting there for hundreds of years. Right. And, right. And as we're going to discuss here, so the important part with, with water table and then and then water table affecting our homes is this concept referred to as capillary action. And you're, you're the resident expert, so I'm going to give you all the hard questions. Tell us a little more about capillary action. Um,
0: I don't know the technical uh, details of it. I just know as a mold remediator, the uh, the the basic physics of it is water wants to go from wet to dry. And so where you see it in a home is first thing that gets saturated that you don't want to be saturated is the soil around the home. Once that's saturated, um, right next to that is usually a dry foundation or at least drier than what the soil is. And so now that because of capillary action, that moisture wants to saturate the foundation. Then I tell people once, that's that, once that gets saturated, Now it's going to go into the two by fours or the furring strips that are inside that basement if you have a finished basement. And then once that gets saturated, it just wants to keep rolling. And now you're into the paper on the sheetrock and then eventually, okay, now I've got visible mold because the water traveled all the way from that wet soil, clear through the foundation, clear through the plywood or the, not the plywood, the two by fours, clear through the sheetrock paper and then eventually you've got moist paper, and if you have an elevated boat load in your home, now you've got yourself a nice little place for mold.
1: yeah it's It's honestly pretty incredible how far water can travel just by kind of being absorbed into the substrate yeah. that's next to it and yeah. traveling. Um, actually, the reason I just thought of it is because when you were talking about backfill, that that dirt that you backfill with is uh more porous. In a sense, right? Because yeah. it hasn't been packed yeah. down, and that's kind of what capillary action works off those pores as well, right? It, it's it's the porous substrates which our houses are made of. Everything we make our houses out of is porous. Cement, like you said, um, cement waters. is cement is very porous. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've never I've never, never met a well-to-do cement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: very porous.
0: It's very it's porous. <laughs> it's porous. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, wood. Sheet rock is very porous, Papers porous. Right. So I mean, pretty much everything we build our houses out of is porous. I mean, you've got the the, found, the tar on the foundation, which is not. But, um, but really, yeah, that's the idea. If, if there's a porous substrate next to the water source and it's dry, like you're saying, yeah. it, it wants to move and, yeah. and almost create an equilibrium in a sense. Um, so yeah, basically, this capillary action you know, which is kind of this physics principle that that is used in lots of science. We know, ought to get Jason in on this conversation. Well, we should. We should have a a good friend scientist come in and talk about it. Yeah. But it, but in our lives, I think it's just important to realize that if the water source is near the home, then there is a, a strong possibility, even though it's not maybe. Um, there's a foundation in the way and there's a wall you know i'm inside and and the water's outside it can really make its way into there over time
0: yeah i tell i tell people this actually you can have water problems in your basement from from really two different things one is just naturally a rising damp situation or an elevated water table what we call it here in the states and then your other issue is drainage coming off of the roof if your rain gutters are not working correctly and you don't have extensions on the bottom of your rain gutters to get the water away from the first three or four feet of your foundation, that's going to do the same thing that rising damp does. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I've talked to people many, many times where they're nervous that because they have water in the basement, they they'll say to me, I think my foundation may be cracked. Well, it may be cracked, but that's, not what's causing the water problem. The water problem in your is in your basement because the soil is saturated. The house was never built to be like a boat, although they have houseboats. Yeah,
1: they do have those. Yeah, yeah,
0: but not in our neighborhood.
1: No, no. But, but they do have them. You have them in the UK. Houseboats. When I was just there. Yeah. It's pretty much the water tables. They're all houseboats. So they're all houseboats. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: okay. So I wonder, I wonder if the building codes are more stringent here in the States, yeah. that they just won't let you build in certain areas?
1: Yeah, that'd be worth looking into. I'm not, I'm not sure on that at all. Well, I'll tell you
0: this. This just brought back an old memory from when I was a kid. Uh, my dad had a friend. In fact, he was our, our religious leader in our area. And he used to say, don't ever build where the cattails grow because cattails want to grow in swampy areas, right. you know. So yeah. I I
1: I'm I'm pretty sure you know we have some swampy in in the US, yeah, in Florida, Yeah. You know, some of the places in the south, Louisiana, yeah. Mississippi, those areas. I imagine you get close to those swamp lands. Well, you've seen, you know, you can envision those, you know, a lot of those trailers or or mobile homes you know, mm-hmm. you put them up on those stocks essentially. Yeah. So yeah. And even the stilts, you know, if you think of those houses that are just off of the coast on stilts, you'll see the water line is maybe three, four, five feet above the water line, and you might think, "Oh, the tide was higher," but in many cases, it's just the water through capillary action is just soaked up to that,
0: yeah, saturated it up to that point. So yeah,
1: kind of back to you know when when I was just in the UK, and shout out to to you guys in the UK, but yeah, I only went into a couple of houses, but I believe both of them if i can recall correctly but there was an issue where you could see um you could see the water line on the wall you know three feet up it was it tended to be in the corners but but not always yeah both houses one was just right under the window but you could see the water line and it wasn't a water stain yet it was just uh i think they call it the tide or something or the i don't remember the exact term for that line but basically you can kind of see the water had wicked up and that's pretty incredible that from the ground, it could manifest itself three yeah. feet up in your it's, house. Yeah, And like you're saying, in Utah and other places where basements are are quite common, it's probably doing that. And we just don't know. It doesn't always make its way to the sheetrock. But sometimes right. it's.
0: Yeah. So- I, I honestly think more problems in Utah are because of uh, poor rain gutter um, function yeah. than actual rising water table. Yeah. But I could be wrong
1: on that. So if someone Mike has a I don't know, they have rising damp, you know, moisture moisture's getting into their house, into their foundation. You've kind of mentioned one remedy. Okay, figure out how the water's even touching the foundation. Yeah. So if it's the gutters, right. you need to fix those. Yeah. Or if it's the downspout, you know, are you diverting the water far enough away? Yeah. What what other kinds of things can people do? Or, or remedies do we have? Yeah,
0: so things that we recommend is for sure, the uh, grade of the soil around the home has got to be built up so that when water hits close to the uh, home itself, it's going to flow away from the house instead of flowing towards the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned rain gutters. I have um, heard of people digging out around the foundation and putting in like a French drain around the foundation. Yeah, yeah. Now, if, if you actually have a... Elevated water table or a rising damp, like they do in Australia. That may be a lost cause, you know, because that it's like you're sitting on top of a never ending river. Yeah. But it's you can find an expert in the area that would understand what's going on in that area and get better advice. But whatever you can do to get the soil dried out. I have never seen anybody have good luck with trying to seal the cement from the inside. Mm -hmm. It just I mean, I guess. If you don't have any other choice, it's worth a try. But I've never seen it really work great. You you are just got to figure out a way to get that soil dry.
1: Yeah. Are you talking about those injections they'll do?
0: No, I was actually taught. there's actually a product where they'll paint the inside of the cement foundation. Oh, like I see. And, and try to seal it out. Oh, yeah. Or, you know. But yeah. no, the injections as well is, yeah. is a
1: I, idea. I don't know. I don't know how effective they are, you know. I've heard of times when they're working. I've heard of times when they're not. But but essentially, they go down to the, I think, the lowest level of mortar yeah. you know, on the brick or whatever it is, the lowest level on the on the house they can get to. And they inject, essentially, a cream or a sealant of okay. some sort that doesn't allow it to, it hits that before it hits any of the porous substrates that it can right. absorb into. So it
0: kind of stops the capillary action in yeah. its tracks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I still think again if you're living in an area where that's your only option i think i think it's worth trying that and some of these other things just to yeah. see you know what you can do to keep it a- away i think i think digging trenches and drains you know might be a solid option as well cuz Cause, cause really except in rare cases it's not going to i think i think they say 3 or 4 feet kind of the max that it's going to be able to to go because it, as it goes deeper it loses water right so it's right it's it's diluting itself as the, the further it goes through capillary action and it hits this point where it has nothing left there's no water left to pass on and i yeah. think in most cases three or four feet maybe five feet is your max so if you can dig trenches and kind of get the water somehow away from you know uh, at least at least your living space, yeah, so, you know you can keep it in the the lower parts of the foundation or something. I think you have a fighting chance, but so, I will point
0: out this one thing is that I've seen a lot of really, really wet basements that are not finished, mm-hmm. and it's still a relatively healthy home mm-hmm. and And the reason for that is because the f- cement on the foundation is not a great source for a food source for mold, yeah. You're going to have a lot more mold problems if you have a fully finished basement on a, if the basement's wet than if you have just the cement down yeah. there. So that's one thing to keep in mind, I guess, before you finish a basement, is make sure you're going to be able to maintain that that dry environment down there before you start putting walls up. Yeah. Because then you all of a sudden have got kind of a problem. we got a wet cement floor as mm-hmm. opposed to we've got mold everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, I, this reminds me of a house that I went to a couple of years ago up in Park City. It was a nice, beautiful home. I remember looking online afterwards, how much is this home? Because this couple had just bought the house and they found mold in the crawl space. And it mm-hmm. was like a $7 million home. And coincidentally, it had a creek going through. You know, It was, it was two homes essentially connected by a small bridge and then a little creek oh, okay. through the yeah. two halves. Yeah. Not not a good idea. I realized after right. doing the full investigation yeah. that that creek just happened to, you know, a f- saturate kind of the soil around it and yeah. then saturate the foundation. Because if so I'm crawling around in the crawl space, and trying to troubleshoot, well, they they knew there was mold down there, and I went down on my belly, and a good sixty five by forty five foot chunk of of that crawl space ceiling was just covered in mold mold yeah and what we finally determined was that creek had led to the foundation absorbing the moisture yep and then and then that kind of just led to it being really humid down there. The water yeah. soaked through and it just created a really humid environment in the in the crawl space and of course ventilation wasn't that great down there either, but um they they were so shocked that. This huge patch was caused from that creek. Creek. On the outside of the house. On the outside yeah. of the house. Yeah. So I think you have to be really careful with with water bodies of water uh around your house. Even I remember a lady recently, not long ago, calling and she had a pond just it, it came up to like three feet from her house, four maybe maybe three. Was it a
0: out. a real pond or a homemade pond? Yeah, I think that, it was a homemade. That those always just yeah make me make my head pop off. Yeah. Think, why yeah. why are you putting yeah. Five hundred gallons of water right by your foundation, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those tricky ones for for me. It's like I want to fix your mold issue because it was causing mold, but yeah. you have a lot of work to do. To, yeah, if you want long term, you know, protection in your home. So the other
0: the other thing I've seen is people love to build like um, brick walls or rock walls uh, right in front of their house, right next to the home. And then they'll plant flowers or whatever, yeah, and that, so they'll build the wall up two or three feet, yeah, and then it's nice like a nice little flower area. Yeah. If you don't arrange for drainage for that thing to drain, you've created all kinds of problems, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: it's that same thing too. that soil needs to be typically a little more fluffy, it's soft and fluffy, it's yeah soft and fluffy, you need to put lots of water on it, right, Brand right, yeah. new flowers got to water yeah, yeah, I know it's not a good, not a good scenario, yeah. So I think that's a pretty good coverage of the topic, Mike. Um, unless you can think of anything else. Yeah, no, I, I guess,
0: like you mentioned, shout out to our friends in the UK and Tom in Australia and yeah. their rising damp.
1: Yeah, and I know here in the South we've got some of that too. But it's definitely something that when I'm doing my investigations, mold investigations, uh, from time to time it comes into play. We have actually a patch here in uh, in Pleasant Grove. I, I only learned this, you know, by going to some homes there in the and the neighbor, and those people would tell me like we're in this notoriously, this Sorry. area that's notorious for a high water table, just yeah. this unique little patch and and kind of everyone in the neighborhood struggled with it. And, uh, and I guess that's one thing to say about water table. It's not, uh, well, two things I know about it is it's not really flat like a table. It, I think usually it just follows the the terrain the topography. Yeah. And then number two, it can change from area to area pretty easily
0: times of the year as yeah. well yeah
1: yeah yeah rain i mean rain affects it yeah and that's why some of these rainy places have to really they really struggle with water table but
0: you know even along here along the the wasatch front we're building homes way farther west than i would have ever thought they could 30 years ago yeah you know the the great salt lake itself is way down yeah, it's receding yeah. yeah so the water table is way down i mean those Literally, I, I talked about don't build where the cattails grow. Yeah, uh, they're building where the cattails grew back then, and and uh, hopefully it stays uh, dry out there. But it's it's a worry.
1: I know, I know. We pray for all this moisture out here in the desert. Yeah. If it comes, then
0: <laughs> the the people in the West aren't praying for that. They're good. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep dry. Stay dry. Yeah. Uh,
1: man. Their prayers are winning out so far. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, awesome. Okay. Thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. Thanks for joining us. We, we continue to provide content that's relevant to, to water and mold and health. And thank you for listening. And please tune in for, for other uh, episodes on these topics. Hey, and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody,
0: next week. And thanks to Nez on the other side of the glass. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.